when we create that space between what the, the thoughts we're experiencing and or the, the emotions we're feeling and ourselves then we in that space we can actually choose how we want to act how we want to respond how do we become our best and live a life of meaning and purpose in a world where the constant focus is on fixing what's wrong with us we want to highlight what is right and good about you to help you live out your best every day Hi, I'm Eloise Wellings. And I'm Rory Darkins. And this is What's Right Within. Welcome back. And thanks for joining us on What's Right Within. Today is a bit of a special episode. We are going to be taking a deep dive on well-being. And we're going to try and make it as practical as possible so that you can hopefully reflect on and, and take action on some of the things that may contribute to your well-being. And I feel like this is so important in the context of what's happening in the world around us right now. Rory, a lot of your research has been around the topic of well-being and particularly about how we can build it and, and what it takes to maintain it. But firstly, what, what is well-being and why is it important to be proactive about it? It's mm, such a big question because when I was doing my psychology research originally, um, I spent the, probably the bulk of the uh, early stages of the research trying to get a definition of what well-being is. Mm. And if you look in the research, it's like there's so many different models and kind of ways of defining well-being. And I think that's actually one of the almost like problems that we have these days when we talk about things like well-being and we talk about mental health. And um, we, we actually don't often use a very clear kind of definition of what we're actually talking about. Mm. And the, I think the downside, if you don't have a kind of clear definition of what you're trying to work towards, then it can all be a bit vague. And so um, my hope in this episode is that we can actually kind of clarify maybe a bit of a working model of wellbeing. That's by no means the only way to view wellbeing, but we can just touch on some of the important elements, um, then we can kind of reflect on how we can build each of those. So um, from the, the deep dive I did in my research, the model that came out to be the most practical for me in terms of um, looking at athlete well-being and looking at well-being in general was out of the positive psychology research um, originally done by Martin Seligman, which is like the PERMA model. And so PERMA stands for positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning and accomplishment. And there's a lot of, um, there's been a lot of talk since then about adding some things to that model. And a guest that we've got coming up on the show has actually added a V to that model for vitality or energy. And like um, so I think, yeah, if we, for as a working definition for today, if we look at positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning, accomplishment and vitality, then we can reflect on you know, what it is we're trying to build with our well-being. Um, and so the second part of the question, Eloise, <laughs> it was a big one. The second part was why is it important to be proactive? Yeah. Um, well-being is something you can proactively build and it's not just reducing suffering or reducing things wrong. It's actually building those elements that I mentioned before. So building positive emotion, building engagement, building relationships, meaning, accomplishment, and vitality. 
And the research is really clear about how by building those elements of well-being, we actually buffer against um, mental ill health, you know, uh, when when life does sort of throw challenges at us like we're experiencing right now. And so well-being is separate but related to um, the aspects of mental health that we we kind of tend to um, that, that we want to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that we can all build. We can all kind of build those elements of, of well-being. Well, let's take a deeper dive into, you know, what you just said that you've, you know, you've listed positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning accomplishment and vitality as the model of well-being. Are they interconnected? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're really, they are interconnected and, but they're also um, somewhat distinct. And what that means is that you can work on them all independently. They are sort of their own thing, but they are influenced by each other. So a quick example, um, Positive relationships mm-hmm. are a great source of positive emotion, right. right? But you can experience positive emotion outside of relationships. So that sort of shows how, yes, they're connected, but you can also work on them individually. I mean, if positive emotion is so directly related to positive relationships, can you give us strategies around how to build positive relationships? Yeah, um, so positive relationships are probably, if you were to pick one of those, that's the most important mm-hmm. for our well-being, you might pick positive relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want to say from the outset that individuals, like everyone as an individual is the expert in themselves. So there's no like, here's the three ways that you can improve <laughs> positive emotion, uh, positive relationships. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, what actually works for you? Yeah. Like when you're, when your sense of um, when your relationships feel really good and um, or what what's contributing to that so I think reflecting on you as an individual is the most important thing but a really interesting finding in the research around positive relationships is um, highlights something quite counterintuitive and that is that the amount of social support that you give others is a better predictor of your overall well-being than the amount of support that you have. Mm. And so I think what that highlights is like to give is to receive, like, and that if we're wanting to increase our or improve our um, relationships and sense of positive relationships, it's like, how can you give something to someone else Mm. in relationship? You know, how can you um, support someone or help them to feel better? And it's like, that's probably a great way for you to also improve your relationship mm-hmm. so um rather than just looking at how we can boost ours it's like we can probably boost it through being there for others um i love that finding because i think it it applies so much to what the science around well-being in general shows is in that, community yeah, yeah it's like how we contribute mm-hmm. um you know how we contribute and in, in the best way that we can in a meaningful way um as everyone benefits from that and so yeah I think the most if I was going to one thing for positive relationships it's like go and help someone you know be there for someone go check in on someone Mm -hmm. you know and you'll be amazed what that can actually do for you what about for people that that don't have the opportunity to have relationships at the moment like they're, they're isolated 
you know, research has shown that just over half of Australians report feeling lonely for at least one day every week. Mm. And so what about those people that, that don't have that opportunity for, for relationships? Yeah, that's so, so heavy, eh, that, that statistic. And loneliness globally is like an epidemic. Mm. Like it's, it's something that we need to prioritise addressing. Mm. Um, but again, like, you know, everyone is different. Like everyone's in a different position and has different, even depending on where you are in the country right now, you've got different restrictions on um, seeing people in person and things like that. But um, I would say just whether it's through, um, you know, like a FaceTime call or, you know, like a Zoom call or anything like that, or whether it's in person, it's just really prioritizing those opportunities for connection mm-hmm. where you're, um, where you're able to just check in and, and be present with people. And I think, you know, it's, there's no kind of quick, quick fix to that. But when we are in the presence of other people or when we are connected, you know, virtually with other people is being as present as possible and, um, and really um, so that, that the people we're with feel fully seen and, and heard mm. so that we can connect um, most deeply. My views on positive emotion have changed over the years because I used to think that you had to be positive all the time. I, I kind of grew up thinking you had to be positive mm. all the time to be happy. and But, in fact, acknowledging every feeling mm. and, you know, whether that be sad, angry, um, joyful, whatever, feeling you're having acknowledging those feelings is actually is actually positive emotion it's definitely not about always feeling positive and the the research has shown that if you feel positive emotion in a situation where it's actually inappropriate for that like that corresponds with lesser well-being outcomes so Mm. it's definitely not about like positive at all costs or in all contexts yeah it's about the um it's about showing up to all of our emotions and feeling them and being curious about them because you know, there's some great work around like emotional agility and a related concept is like psychological flexibility. But really what they boil down to is like being curious about what you're feeling, allowing yourself to experience it, experience it, but not acting based purely on the emotion. So mm. the example you used about anger, like it's totally fine and normal and helpful often to feel anger. It's only unhelpful when you act on it without thought about what the most appropriate action for you is, you know? Mm. And so when like emotion starts driving your behavior without you having choice. Um, so that's when it's unhelpful. And I think the whole labeling around positive and negative emotion is misleading mm. because emotions aren't positive or negative. Their um, emotions are information that, you know, it, it's our body's way of getting us to pay attention to what we're, what we're feeling because it's, it's trying to tell us something. And, um, and so if we can actually tune into that signal and show up to the emotion, get the information for what it's trying to tell us and then choose a response based on what we want to be about, then we're really in charge of our, um, of our actions and we're, we're honoring the emotions for what they are. So 
it's definitely not about positive negative it's mm-hmm. more about is this emotion helpful like is this helpful right now like mm-hmm. there's some situations where anger is helpful you know um particularly around you know an injustice and driving action or um and there's sometimes when positive emotion isn't helpful you know like if well, what's thought of as positive emotion you know cracking a joke um when someone's just being told really bad news is not always you know an appropriate thing to do and so it's definitely not this sort of positive negative thing it's about what's what's the emotion trying to tell me and how is it helpful but that said the reason positive emotion is one of the um, elements of well-being is it's about frequently feeling um, a range of um, what we would think of as positive emotions. So like joy, for example, Mm. it's like how frequently do you feel like joy? And that doesn't have to be for the whole day. You know, Mm. I think um, emotions kind of come and go. And there's some great work from Barbara Fredrickson around positivity resonance, which is like these really tiny moments of resonance between, particularly between people where you just sort of connect and you feel like this, this little, um, uh, the spark of kind of positive connection. Mm. And that's an example of, you know, positive emotion. And it's how we can do things that um, increase the frequency of us having those moments of positivity resonance or um amplify you know positive emotions so do things that you enjoy for example Mm -hmm. you know even if it's five minutes a day uh it's 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 actively doing things that bring the joy into into what you're doing um but yeah definitely not about always feeling positive or even thinking of emotions as a binary kind of positive negative thing yeah i mean sometimes it, like just hearing you speak now has reminded me of times where i've had to actually go through the negative emotions in order to get to the positive emotion mm. so totally. acknowledging you know if i've had a disappointing race then it's like obviously i'm not going to be overjoyed immediately about yeah. that because you've tried hard and you've you've put time and effort and energy into um, into getting a, a performance and you expect to do well and then you don't and there's a, there's a period where uh, you go through, there's an acknowledgement of like not feeling great about that mm. and disappointment and, and feeling all those feels and allowing yourself to feel all those feels before getting to a point where well, for me it's been going, okay, what can I learn from that? Yeah, and how am I going to move forward from that? And how can I see hope for the future now? And that's mm. that's when the joy starts. Yeah. When hope rises, yeah, that's when the joy starts coming back. Yeah, and you know you're able to move on. But I think stifling that and pretending that you know we're happy all the time, yeah. <laughs> and totally. um, and you know everything's okay. But you know things are burning all around us. Mm. Um. I think, yeah, I think that that's an unhealthy yeah. way of looking at things. Yeah, the, what you, your example is a great one about um, a disappointing race because it really highlights um, what I was saying before about psychological flexibility, which is there's three, there's three parts to it, right? Um, it's uh, the acceptance of what you're feeling. It's not avoiding what you're feeling mm. and it's also potentially harnessing what you're feeling 
And so the example you use, you know, you're obviously accepting what you're feeling and by accepting it, you're not avoiding it. Mm. Um, and you're harnessing the moment. The, the disappointment can be harnessed to help you do valued action, you know, mm. help you do something that matters to you, such as uh, learn the lesson, improve your training, etc. And mm. so if you don't accept the emotion, you, if you avoid it by sort of trying to put that, that um sort of fake happiness kind of mask positive mask over it yeah um and don't show up to it then you don't get to accept and harness it Mm -hmm. and so i think psychological flexibility is really um strongly been shown to to lead to improved well-being and that's exactly what you're saying it's it's not about positivity at all costs you know in all situations it's Mm -hmm. about feeling what you're feeling being real with that and learning the lesson but having hope for what you can do about making a better future and that's why we talk about optimism so much on on here it's like optimism is expecting that good things can happen and that you can do something about that you know you can do things that make good things more likely to happen and so you know you use the word hope and in very much the same way it's Mm -hmm. like well if i learn and improve this then the next race can be better mm-hmm. like something good could happen and you know that drives a feeling of, of positive emotion on the back end of having shown up to all of the feelings that you've that you've experienced from that so it's a really good example Marie the next one is engagement what is engagement what do you mean by that is it get engaged to married <laughs> <laughs> should everybody do that for their well-being <laughs> Happy well, engagement. I think that can be a positive for well-being, usually. Um, <laughs> you would hope so. <laughs> I mean, all going well. Um, no, engagement in this sense really means being immersed and interested in what you're doing. So, like, it's those things where you just lose track of time or you just um, – those activities that you just yeah, find yourself getting lost in. Um, so for you, I know a lot of that is with running and with your training, mm-hmm. like, you know, you just, you get fully in the moment, you just, um, you enjoy it. Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I actually did, I actually did a bit of an experiment on that yesterday. I yeah. was like, I tried to stay fully engaged for the, for the entire workout on the elliptical. I did an hour and I felt much better about the workout than I did when I kind of come in and out. Of, yeah. 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 Well, there you go. This is the answer to <laughs> engagement. So it is like. To get on the elliptical for one hour. <laughs> this is your hack. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but you're right. It's being present. It's being fully immersed in what you're doing. And, um, and so when you think about the hours that you're awake each day, like the more of those moments that we are fully engaged or fully immersed in what we're doing, mm. the better. And so you know, we we could kind of go down the rabbit hole of of mindfulness and being present in the moment, but um, more broadly, engagement is you know, doing things that you're interested in and being fully immersed in them when you're doing them. And so that can be anything, but it's it's having having things in your life where you do kind of get stuck right into and and you choose to do them and you're you're yeah you're challenged and um and present in the activity i think that point of challenge is really important because you know um i guess the the deeper sense of engagement is like a flow state and a flow state only happens when 
there's like a, a challenge that requires sustained deep focus so that you can um you can really like it's, it's like there's not enough room left in your brain to focus on anything else other than the thing you're doing this moment mm. um and so challenging activities are one of the triggers into into that flow state so yeah right what do you do for engagement um well, exercise is one of the strong ones for me as well like mm-hmm. i i find that when i go out for a run it, it helps me to be fully in that moment and um i find it uh, meaningful i find it um enjoyable usually um and and so that's something that i find that i am really present in and engaged in but also like reading if i'm particularly interested in in a topic probably stuff around like what we're talking about on this podcast um i get really engaged in in reading new things and i think generally curiosity drives engagement Mm -hmm. you know so just following your curiosity can help you to increase your um, engagement and in, in things. Let's talk about meaning. Mm, meaning. So, you know, we, we say on the show a lot about um, purpose and um, I, I, the research is really strong about the power of purpose and of meaning. And they're, they're actually slightly different things, but they're, very connected we can talk about them as the same thing Mm. and it's really about knowing that knowing why you're here like you know knowing that you matter and knowing that you um there's a there's a purpose or there's um the the way you're spending your time and energy is um is important to to you and to the people around you and so we all one of you know um it's it's really a, a deep human drive to know that our life has meaning Mm. and that um and so we can often kind of search for that in all these different places but and everyone's sort of everyone gets meaning in slightly different ways and slightly different activities and there's definitely no right or wrong but what is common is that we um you know when we have a deep sense of meaning in our day-to-day life then that is a buffer against challenges it helps us to persevere it helps us to um yeah to really be resilient is like a core part of being resilient is knowing why you are doing what you're doing and so this doesn't have to be like a super clear life-altering purpose statement you know it can just be like hey i know that i have an important contribution to make to these people around me you know my family or my friends or my people I work with and it's it's knowing that you can you have something unique to contribute and that you what you do matters to people and can make a difference Mm. and when we do things that make a difference and we see that difference we feel meaning and you know a good example in the sort of organizational um, psychology sort of space is that when workers see the end result of their work, mm. they feel it feels more meaningful. So think of like the chef who sees the people enjoying eating the meal they've cooked mm. versus the chef who's um, who's cooking out the back with no window and never sees where that meal ends up. Mm. So seeing how what you do connects to other people um, is, is a way to increase the sense of meaning by actually 
realizing that it, it makes a difference to others. What if the chef just lost his job? Yeah. And, you know, again, that's such a heavy reality at the moment that there mm. are lots of people who in so many industries have lost their job and that and lost, um, you know, and so many dreams have been sort of put on hold or mm. sort of seemingly um, lost as well. And you know, it is it's such a, a hard time for a lot of people and there's a grief cycle that comes with that when you lose something important mm. going back to what we talked about before with emotions like the sadness you feel is is about losing something important mm. and so it's it's actually it's totally normal and um helpful in many ways to actually experience that as part of the grief cycle but and people are so much more than what they do yeah. and their meaning and, you know, their ability to experience um, a sense of meaning and purpose transcends what they do as a job or as what they have done for a living, et cetera, or, you know, their, their status and, and whatever they do. So, you know, I think just remembering that we actually are, there's meaning beyond just any one thing that we're good at or one thing that we we do. And so where you've found meaning before isn't necessarily the only place that you can find it. Like, you know, you can find meaning in those um in, in the relationships with your your friends and, and supporting them through it. You know, if mm. the person who's lost their job is is um talking to another friend who's lost their job, you know, and supporting each other and um, you know, that's meaningful, right? And um, and working on our, uh, you know, another example might be doing things that are good for our health so that we can be um, be there for our family, you know, mm-hmm. like that's that has meaning in it for a lot of people. So I think it's, it's not limited in terms of where you can find meaning. It's, it's almost broadening the, yeah. the scope and saying, well, okay, what can I do right now that is going to give, it's going to make today slightly more meaningful or be um, important to me today? Mm. So much of these all come back to, I feel like, positive emotion and, you know, losing your job or your livelihood, you know, you go, as you say, you go through that grief cycle and that stage of, um, you know, potentially negative emotions and going through that and then finally, hopefully, coming out at the end with with a renewed hope and, and strategy to, to find a way forward. Let's talk about accomplishment because, you know, this year especially well, for most people, it's looked a whole lot different to what they thought. Yeah. And, you know, not accomplishing what you'd hoped. Um, how, how do people deal with that and then, you know, either set new goals and, and, and move forward in that? way or hang on to the hope of accomplishing something that they've been they've been trying to do for a long time yeah yeah and you're totally right like you know you were you had your eyes set on the olympics this year and that would have been pretty much right now right like Mm -hmm. that would have been happening and i've been playing um tokyo 2020 on the nintendo switch (laughs) with indy and (laughs) like it is like it's it's filling the gap honestly (laughs) so you get a sense of accomplishment when you um 
when you perform well. I, I do. Yeah. Honest, yeah, I really do. We do the podium and everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm really good at rowing, would you well, believe? There you go. Yeah. There's a future beyond <laughs> rowing, 100%. And equestrian. And equestrian. Yeah, Indy calls it equestria. That, um, so let's okay. go with that, equestria. I think um, that's an expensive sport. Though. It really is, mm. yeah. Maybe, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe too expensive, but. You know, we'll try. I'll, I'll keep doing it on the switch and yeah, yeah. see if I can make Good. the transition to real life. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so on accomplishment, it's, you know, again, a lot of what makes someone uh, achieve a lot of um, success, you know, in inverted commas, like whatever success is, is to them, um, comes from this this sort of sense of wanting to be, competent or wanting to achieve meaningful goals and I think what's really important in in this space right now is to zoom right in and to zoom right out Mm -hmm. so the kind of midterm goals like the okay by the end of the year I want to achieve this those are the ones that have been um disrupted you know the 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 goals you might have set um, on New Year's, New Year's resolutions around, for example, might have changed, and so that kind of midterm, you know, um, level of of goals is, yeah, is is probably impacted a lot by what's happened. But what's not so impacted is the sense of accomplishment we can um, have today and the small things. Yeah. If we really amplify the small wins, mm. like I'm, these are my two priorities for the day, and I'm going to. Um, do them with excellence, whatever those are. Like, yeah. it, you know, it could be meal prep for tomorrow or it could be, you know, a 30-minute jog. But it's like, what, or, you know, as a, as a parent, it could be, you know, playing with your, your kids and it's feeding like them in in the feeding them in. Exactly. That's, yeah. uh, I'm pleased to put that up. And so it's, if we can amplify the sense of accomplishment on, the, on a daily basis, then what that does is going to like release dopamine in our brain, which is the neurochemical that's released to say that you're on the right track, like keep going. Mm. And that is so much of what drives that sort of, um, that drives our um, accomplishment or our, our sense of progress towards meaningful goals. So on the, on the super short term, it's like amplifying the small things, make them bigger, but then the really long-term stuff probably hasn't changed much either. Mm. Like, you know, the the concept of grit in, um, in psychology, Angela Duckworth has done great research on this, this subject, which is passion and perseverance towards a single really long-term kind of goal or aim. And so, you know, for an athlete that might be, to be the best athlete I can be. Mm. Well, that's still available, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's not dependent on the Olympics being this year or next year or, mm-hmm. you know, in three years' time. Like that's... I feel so seen. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the super long term is is still available. And so if we can almost amplify the, the really small daily steps that move towards the really long-term um, mission or, or aim, then we can have a sense of achievement that that can really drive you know a sense of achievement and regardless of you know the, whether 
restrictions are in place for another six months or 18 months, you know, like it's that midterm, midterm level of, of achievement is, is what's disrupted, but yeah, the micro and the macro are still available. Mm, yeah. I love that. Being present is so, so uh, crucial, I guess, to, to reaching your full potential. And I've, I've been I know, really mindful of myself, especially this last month to, to just rein in all, all of my thoughts of the and thoughts of the future and thinking too far ahead like zooming out and mm. then zooming right back in yeah and going okay I'm going to be present in this moment and we talked about that when we spoke at, um with some new 12 students last mm. week and felt like they were so engaged with that and uh with that notion as they come into their trials and their exams of let's forget about the outcome and the result here. What can I do right now? Mm. Um, what can I bring to this moment right now? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's a discipline that, you know, is so relevant to anyone in any stage or any age is like to be fully present mm. in the moment. You actually put a great post up about it the other day on Instagram about um, just this moment right now and keep coming back to the moment and, you know, that is where we reveal our best and that's where we connect to our best and that's where kind of all the good stuff in life happens if from being fully present in the moment that you're in. Yeah. And, you know, I, th- I think, you know, we can feel a much greater sense of achievement or accomplishment by showing up in the way we, we want to to each moment and, and channeling our energy towards what matters most to us in that, you know. What matters most to you today and how can you bring your best to that and and i think that's where to get the real boost of accomplishment is actually acknowledging that you've done that like yeah. it's so easy to just focus on you know the things we didn't do that we said we were going to do today or this week um but celebrating the small wins and actually mm-hmm. acknowledging them that's what helps release that sense of accomplishment and release you know dopamine in the brain to say you're on the right path keep going yeah so you talked about you know focusing not focusing on when we focus on things that we didn't get done Mm. you know I feel like um that is is such a critical part and we've we've had a a listener question um around this uh, around silencing the voices internal and external that can spiral you downwards in in your well-being like focusing on what you didn't get done rather than what you did get done is you know can be can spiral you downwards in terms of your well-being how can their question is how can you silence those voices mm. yeah and we actually talked about this in in the school recently too like mm. there's the inner critic is there to keep us safe Mm. its job is to help us pay attention to potential threats and nowadays most of the threats that it finds are not physical life-threatening danger they are more emotional Mm. threats and so it's often comes back to a a perception of a a threat around what other people might think Mm. (laughs) or you know um how I might look if I do that. And so that's what can kind of keep us um, in this safe zone that of, you know, almost not going out and trying things or not expressing 
what we've really got within us to to express and, and that that fear of what other people think you know you've said it before that research has shown that is, that is the number one limiting factor to reaching to flourishing in well, our lives is that if fear of what other people might think of us yeah i can't stand completely on that claim about it being the number one mm. but um i can definitely say that it is a I believe it's the greatest kind of um, constrictor mm. of um, potential or mm. of, you know, it, it's the thing that more often than not, again, more speaking from experience working with people here, that it's the thing that more often than not holds people back from um, taking, putting themselves in the positions where they risk falling short or they risk kind of being embarrassed mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, avoiding those positions means that they you are limited in terms of your opportunity to grow and to reveal what's actually possible for you. So I, I definitely see it as a common thread mm. in what keeps us um, keeps us a little bit stuck. Whether that's like you know to make it practical, it might be like you've wanted to go to a group fitness class and you're afraid of like not knowing the routine or like not being able to keep up mm-hmm. and you know and it's what's holding you back there is not how it's going to feel physically it's actually how it's going to feel emotionally yeah about well what are people going to think like what if will people laugh at me you know and so that's the emotional risk have you felt that road well that i actually step i have <laughs> i actually have because my wife as you know hannah yes used to teach an open hip-hop dance she class. did i never went i was asked many times and i did think that what if people yeah. and i i did go and i thought that every time i'm like i Brave. feel so exposed because I, i've not is there a video dancer. footage? There is video footage. Oh, great. Um, people can dig that out at their own leisure. Um, <laughs> might start to, a YouTube for, channel. For a boost of positive emotion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is that feeling of like, oh, I'm, if I'm to embrace this class and actually fully enjoy it, be mm. engaged, have all the, you know, those elements of well-being would show up there and um, you have to kind of, take a risk yeah. of being exposed and people thinking like, what are people going to think if like, I don't get the routine and everyone else get it? Am I, are people going to see that I'm the worst one there? And, yeah. and it's not a, it's not a physical threat. It's an emotional one of what are people going to think that could feel embarrassing. And, and so I think, yeah, that's, you know, the more we can lean into those opportunities to stretch our comfort zone emotionally yeah. like that, um, the more we can reveal, like we, we can then get to a stage where we actually love going to that class. Yeah. You know? And so what you're saying is those voices are always going to be there. Yeah. Like they, they potentially could get, you know, louder on some days. They could, you know, be, be just a whisper on other days, which would be awesome. Mm. But they're always going to be there because that voice is trying to keep us safe. Yeah. Um, but we, if we lean in and yeah. we, we, make ourselves vulnerable and use courage to mm-hmm. keep going and to step out there and, and to go and do something that, um, you know, that might put us in a, a position of vulnerability. Yeah. That's where, that's where the joy comes. Correct. And yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, you know, nice way to bring me back to the actual question that you asked, cause I didn't actually <laughs> answer it. Um, but I think you've answered it brilliantly there. And that is really, it's not about, 
getting rid of that voice, that inner critic. Mm. Like it serves an important purpose. It gets us to pay attention to threats. And some, and you know, if we we almost need to um, acknowledge and almost thank it for what it's doing. You yeah. know, like oh, thanks for that. Um, but we get to choose, you know, and the way we often talk about this is like, if you've got your hands on the drive on the steering wheel yeah, and the inner critic will try to grab the wheel and pull you off course. But if you can um, thank it, thank it for its contribution, but then you keep your hands on the wheel and you choose what you do. That's what gives you, that's really, you know, the practice of emotional agility of, you know, feeling what you're feeling, getting the information from it. And then you you making the choice for yourself what you're going to do based on what's important to you. What makes it easier on some days to acknowledge that voice, go, ha ha, I've heard that before. I said that to myself yesterday when I did exactly the same, you know, I was doing exactly the same task or yeah. whatever. Um, what makes it easier to get through it on some days and, and actually lean in and, as we say, like just be in that moment and be okay with, you know, potential vulnerability or mistakes or failures? Yeah. And then on other days you do pull back and, it you know, the voice gets louder and louder and you do start spiralling. What, what hmm. things can people do to make that less common to yeah. spiral down into that? Um, I don't know that vulnerability hole where you're constantly thinking, oh, you know, what what are people thinking of me right now? Yeah, so that's a good question. I do think that's that's quite individual. Like, what what as a as a unique person, what mm-hmm. what triggers you kind of to um, have the you know have that voice that inner critic be louder versus versus quieter. Um, but I think there are some basics that apply to everyone, like sleep, yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you're fatigued, mm. if you're sleep deprived, the default mode network in your brain, which is the, the, as the name suggests, it's the network that works by default. Mm. If you're not really paying attention, this network will kind of just take over and it will just scan the world for threats yeah. so it's that you are safe, you can stay safe. And when you, sleep deprived your default mode network becomes um, more active yeah and so you're more at the you know it will probably feel like the inner critics volumes up because you know those circuits in your brain are working a little more strongly than than the others and so i think small things like that like eating well sleeping well um Mm. moving well like Mm. going out and exercising and when you when you go out and um, particularly in natural light and you um, you move forwards like you run or you walk or you kind of go out in, in nature you hip-hop. yeah hip hop <laughs> you do a hip hop class <laughs> um, you know in these times you you the neurochemicals that are released from doing that you know whether it's the dopamine from the sense of progress or the um, oxytocin if you're connecting with other people serotonin like all these um, even like if you're persevering, it's like endocannabinoids, which as the name suggests, it do have a, a like endo, meaning they're the endogenous, like made by your body, um, cannabinoids, um, and they buffer against pain and things like that. But these doing things like that, going out and exercising, going out and moving, um, 
help put you in a in a better state to make better decisions mm. you know as opposed to and to think clearer to think more clearly to, to feel better more truth yep yeah and it's amazing how that happened like i think so many people relate to that idea of like just go out for a walk mm. and you know whether it's a nice day or not like just getting outside you will often feel better from doing that than yeah. had you not and you know there's a really um deep scientific basis to that and so taking those small actions that put your um put you in a better state to um to feel more capable to feel more positive etc um can really help and so i think most importantly like it's it's really all about awareness mm. like your awareness of yourself to say oh look there i go there's yeah. that inner critic <laughs> and being curious about that like yeah. you know the self-awareness and the curiosity to say oh look there's my mind going down that down that track again yeah and that helps you realize that you are not your thoughts mm. and that that voice is not actually you it's it's just a, a thought a voice and you don't have to believe everything you think no exactly yeah. and when we when we create that space between what the, the thoughts we're experiencing and or the, the emotions we're feeling and ourselves mm. then we in that space we can actually choose how we want to act respond. how we want to respond and and that means that it's it's easier to make um better decisions more consistently and so that's the discipline of just being curious about what um, the story you're telling yourself is or what where your mind's going and uh, what you're feeling and why and then choosing an action based on what's important to you rather than just based purely on what you feel like in that moment yeah love that the last one is vitality what what's vitality yeah um <laughs> And vitality is is a broad term to try to cover a lot of the stuff that we touched on there, like sleep, movement, yeah. um, nutrition. And so often, you know, going back to the very start of, of this conversation, we talked about how well-being is not often quite loosely defined. But I think this a sense of vitality is probably what people generally think of as well-being like it's I feel like energized and I feel um enthusiastic or I feel I just feel kind of like um vibrant you know yeah. um and it's the sort of thing that if we if we bump into someone we haven't seen for a while and they show a lot of vitality we would assume oh, like, they're in a good place you know they're yeah. they're well yeah. um and so the importance of the term vitality in this is that you know the other five elements are very psychological mm -hmm. and vitality is is kind of physiological as much like obviously all of them are physiological and psychological you know positive emotion is as much physical as it is um, a mental thing so this is all connected you're not a separate mind and body but anyway um <laughs> the vitality is is very difficult to flourish in your well-being if you are if you're fatigued all the time if you're not sleeping well if you're not eating well if you're not moving well if yeah. you, you know if you're not um healthy for so one vitality of kind of comes under more of a practical in a practical sense yeah it's like what things um give you energy yeah what how can you increase you know you could use the word energy for it as just a little the word energy is a little more narrow you yeah. know um 
and so yeah how can you what choices can you make to increase your energy so that you've got more in the tank to go out and do the things that um fuel your well-being and also you know and really enjoy them because i say there's um I didn't, I, I can't remember who said this, but um, it's not, not an original of mine, but it's like nothing puts a wet blanket on passion more than fatigue. Yeah. You know, like it's hard to feel passionate if you are fatigued. Yeah. And, and so, you know, vitality is actually investing in those, whatever it is for you that gives you energy and gives you that sense of, um, yeah, that, that sense of, of life that you've got something in the tank to go out and, um, and do what's important to you and, and be fully engaged and enjoy it. And what's important with all of these is, is to actually just check in with yourself. So if, if we're to do that quickly now, like as, as you're listening to this, um, just, just check in with yourself. And if you're with other people right now, you can check in with them too to say out of 10, where would I, what score would I give myself right now based on each of these elements? So positive emotion out of 10, which is like how, how frequently am I feeling, you know, more positive, like positive emotions. And again, they're not totally black and white binary mm-hmm. <laughs> things, but do you feel good, you know? And where would you, what would you give yourself out of 10? What would you give yourself out of 10 for engagement? you know, how interesting and engaging and um, um, I guess, you know, like exciting uh, the things that you're doing mm-hmm. and on a, an average day at the moment. Mm-hmm. Are you interested in those things? Um, relationships, how positive and rewarding and meaningful do your relationships feel right now? And that's relationships in, in the broader sense of the word, you know, friends, family, um, colleagues etc the people that you're involved with do you feel connected and um, like there's a really positive um, sense of connection there Mm. so out of 10 where would you put yourself Uh, for meaning like how meaningful does your day-to-day life feel right now do you are you doing things that matter to you are you do you have a sense of purpose or you know why you're doing what you're doing and accomplishment like what sense of accomplishment do you have at the moment do you feel like you're moving towards meaningful goals or or not what would you give that out of 10 and then lastly vitality you know how energized and um upbeat about life are you right now and what you know what's your overall sense of vitality and if you give yourself a score just out of 10 for each of those and the, the purpose of it's not to kind of judge where you're at. It's really just a, a prompt to say, what areas could you focus on in order to make a small improvement mm. straight away? Mm. Like maybe, maybe there's one or two that really stood out for you as actually I'm going pretty well in most of the areas, but I've kind of overlooked this one or two and you are the expert in yourself. And so it, I, I have no doubt that you'll be able to identify some small actions that you can take that might just move the needle in the right direction yeah. on, on those things. So if it was relationships were, um, were lowest for you, maybe you can, you know, phone a friend that you haven't talked to for a while, like small things like that um, can, can just top up those elements of your well-being. 
So if we keep tabs on it like that, then we can actually be proactive about taking the small actions that can improve our well-being and and build that. Yeah, they, it builds this sort of buffer against the challenges that we're experiencing in life. Mm. And there's always something you can do, you know, yeah. whether it is, you know, setting up a, a chat with a friend or, um, you know, there's some well-researched practices like writing a gratitude letter, you mm. know, or a text or an email or whatever. Like if you, if you write down and send to someone what you, um, a letter of gratitude or a note of thanks about something they've done, then what, how, why you appreciate that, how it's helped you in your life, you both win, (laughs) you know, they feel great because they, you know, they get the boost from being acknowledged like that and you feel great because you've, you've built express. Yeah. Yeah. You've expressed it. And, um, and you've also built a stronger connection. Yeah. And that's why that practice and the research has been so popular as, a, as an intervention for well-being to say, well, you know, just challenge yourself to, you know, write a note of gratitude or send a text or email or call or, you know, um, do that more often and see what happens. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's always little things like that you can do. You can get a bit creative. and um, Love it. Challenge accepted. Cool. I look forward to my (laughs) (laughs) Dear Rory, (laughs) well done on going to your hip-hop classes. (laughs) My challenge to our listeners is to do one thing based on those elements of well-being. Just identify one thing that you can do that will might top up one of those elements of your well-being. So I've already said you could maybe um you know, send a note of gratitude to someone or you could um, you could do an activity that you find engaging you know, um, or, or enjoyable. You could, you could um, deepen a connection with a relationship. Um, you could you know, set up some sort of, um, yeah, some sort of connection with a friend you haven't talked to in a long time or something like that. Get creative. You know, there's, there's all manner of things that you can do to proactively invest in your well-being. And as we said at the beginning, the, the more you build well-being, the better a buffer you have. Mm. Um, and that's what helps you. Not only, you know, it's, it's important in and of itself because, you know, well-being is, is an important thing, but it is protective against, um, you know, mental health um, challenges. And you know, as I said, they're not, they're connected but separate things you know mm. you can you can be struggling and in many ways and still be building elements of your well-being and so that's why i think it's important for us all to to just reflect on where we're at in those in those elements and to identify small things that we can do um, more often that was so insightful and i just hope that people can yeah take some of those practical things and take action against Um, some of the things that contribute to their well-being thanks for joining us thanks for listening and um, we've got some exciting guests coming up in particular next week good friend of mine gonna keep it under wraps who could it be (laughs) 